0: Welcome to the New Normal Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders about their unique perspective around digital, its impact in their respective industries, and its future potential. Today I have uh, with me Leah. Leah is the Vice President of Solution Engineering at DocuSign. She is a business leader with proven results in strategic sourcing, digital transaction management, spend analysis, etc. She is specially skilled for cross-functional leadership and endorses women in solution engineering. Welcome again, Leah, and great to have you here. Uh, But before we start, uh, Leah, let the audience know about your journey in engineering uh, and how you started.
1: Sure. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. so I've been in solution engineering, um, also referred to as pre-sales, for almost 15 years, and I've been in software for, for 22. Um, solution engineering, it's an, it's an interesting role in the sense that it's, it's a little bit of a hybrid role between engineering and sales. So we like to say... Um, It's a lot of people who truly have a passion for technology but also love to interact uh, with people and customers and present. So for me, um, I think it's one of the best career paths uh, there is. And I find myself very lucky um, in the sense that I had the opportunity to to move into um, pre-sales about 15 years ago. And I had the opportunity to move into leadership um, while I was at IBM. And what I come to realize now is that I was very lucky to kind of take that first step into management at a company like IBM because there is an incredible amount of training and programs to cultivate young new leaders. So um, I got foundationally a, a great uh, education um, and exposure to to leadership and what makes a good leader and then six years ago um, I joined DocuSign and it's been an absolutely uh, amazing journey here uh, it feels like we've been on a rocket ship and, you know, many, you know, many of us say it's still very early. Um, the company, uh, the growth has been incredible. Uh, but what struck me in my 20 plus career uh, being at DocuSign is just that the team um, of people that I get to spend um, my time with uh, is is amazing and the relationship and connection we have Um is really special, which I think, especially in the new normal, coming to work every day, it's so you know important to be passionate about your mission and what you're doing, um, but the people, um, the conversations and who you're interacting with um, during the day is so important. So I feel very, very fortunate in many
0: ways. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Um, information, it's really, really inspiring. Uh, so that you know uh, makes me think that only 11% of women population are in engineering's field, especially the STEM jobs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, on the other hand, um, women uh, are said to have more empathy. And uh, when empathy is mixed with a leadership role, uh, it often shows a very positive impact on a company's growth and productivity right uh, so how can we bridge this gap and uh, make it the new normal so to say to have women in more more and more women in leadership role
1: yeah, no, I love the thank you for the question. It's a great question. Um, and it's, you know, it's definitely, you know, 11% um, of women in engineering, you know, those are very low numbers. And I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, is starting young. I have two daughters, and I believe one of the most important mm-hmm. steps in changing the engineering field um, or diversity within the engineering field is, is starting with the mentality, um, especially with the mentality of the children that we're raising and how much we're exposing them to STEM-related activities um, at home and at school. It pains me to think that any girl, you know, would give up a passion in engineering um, because they think it's a boy's job. Um, and if that's the mindset, you know, we will never improve. So I think starting young and changing, that that mindset as early as possible is really, it's critical. And I think the other thing that I've noticed in my career, I mentioned this in the intro, but oftentimes um, women will make it into an engineering or computer science field and then they often leave. And actually that was my story. So I didn't share go all the way back, but um, I majored in um, business and I minored in computer science. And my first job out of college was actually as a developer um and i was working for interestingly enough it was a company that um it manufactured hardware routers and networking hardware uh routers and switches and then it also had a software division as well and i started in the software division writing code working with MIBs, management information bases um, to create programs, software programs that would actually manage the up and down time of these routers and switches. And I'll be honest, like I think I needed a little bit more confidence and mentorship early on. And you kind of look up as, as I did, and you know everyone around you is a, is a man, you're less confident to speak up and ask questions or say, hey, I need a little help um, because you don't see anyone like you. And I think this is a lot of the diversity conversation coming up today. And many women, I think, do maybe what I did. And I said, mm-hmm, I'm going to shift out of this career path into into something uh, a little different. And, you know, so I, I kind of ended up in this more hybrid role of solution engineering, which, again, you know, everything happens for a reason. I love the career path um, of solution engineering and pre-sales, but, you know, overall, in general, um, all engineering roles are so male dominated. Um, it does feel like um, the reality is there's and the reality that we need to you know, change is that there's a mindset, right? This mentality that men know more about technical things and unconsciously people turn to men um, first versus women. So I do think a lot of it starts with that mindset. And then, you know, back to your question, I think it it is really interesting, though, because women um, do express empathy and there's a very maternal aspect to leadership. So I believe, you know, women are fantastic leaders because they are programmed to keep empathy. So I think, you know, a lot of the work to do um, here, it really does tie back to that, that mindset and, and starting young and starting with our children and, and working to keep women um, when they do, you know, graduate college or graduate from technical programs, keeping them in those
0: roles. Awesome, right. So you spoke about the decisions you made um, in your career, right? So my next question Mm -hmm. will be around um, decisions that women need to make to have a very well-structured career path to reach to whatever ambition they have. Uh, So what is your suggestion uh, about how should they evaluate or how should they take decision um, to choose the correct career path
1: well so my suggestion um you know it's an easy suggestion it's probably harder to implement um and i think my biggest you know again kind of looking back my biggest piece of advice is um committing for women to commit to a career path Um, But that can be difficult because I think a lot of us go into, um, you know, college or, you know, again, technical programs after we graduate high school, or maybe not even technical, like, we're not sure what we want to do. And we think we want to do A, and then we start to experience or learn more about A. And then we decide, you know, I really want to do B. Um, And then you start to do B, and it's like, eh, maybe I want to do C. And then it's like, well, maybe I need to go back to school now. So, I think, you know, keeping top of mind how important it is, and again, it's a journey, right? But how important it is to to commit um, to a a career path is definitely um, one suggestion I I have. I think the second one would be um, once you do, you know, know yourself and know what you want to do, making sure especially for women younger in their career that you you double down on that that you put as much effort as you can into really launching your career Um, and if there's a time to put in the longer days and the extra hours it's early in your career right before you may have the additional commitments of kids and marriage and caring for elderly parents Um, you know, put all that work in uh, early in your career, launch yourself to a place where you are more positioned to then have a family or have realized like, okay, I'm, you know, I now I'm going to shift work isn't uh, 14 hours a day and the most important thing in my world, like having a family is. So you can do both, but you, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to you know, work a 14 hour day and raise, you know, happy, confident kids at the same time. So you can kind of put that work in early, get yourself in a position where you can then raise a family or if it's care for anything you might want to do. And then you kind of look for that next acceleration period that you could have where it's like, okay. And then, you know, you, you get yourself into that next position uh, where you can then lean in again. so, For me, it's been a series of those ebbs and flows where, you know, I, I will, you know, look back and in the beginning, I had no idea I was doing this. I just, I think, again, I, I was, I was lucky, but had, you know, got married a little later, put a lot of work in earlier on, um, then was in a position to pull back a bit. And now look at myself as in another one of those acceleration patterns again. Um, so that would be, those would be some of the, you know, bigger suggestions or pieces of advice that I have for, for women out there in terms of, you know, taking control of their career path and journey.
0: Great. That's, that's really nice. Um, yeah, I think, uh, we should know when to, uh, lean in and when to yeah. maybe take it slow, right? All that's right. a great piece of advice. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, Leah, if you had to pick three, three technology forces uh, that you're most bullish about uh, in maybe next five years, what would those be?
1: Yeah, uh, so this is, there's so many technology forces. Um, I, I'll respond from a macro perspective. Um, I think there's so many technologies and so many things evolving even as we speak Um, but I'll comment where I think we may see um, technology have the broadest impact in the next five years. So of course, I'm gonna, you know, working at DocuSign, loving DocuSign, um, I have to say DocuSign. I think there's just, and especially in the new normal with COVID, been this massive acceleration to digital. Um, I think Satya and Nadella said it best where it's like we've seen two years of digital transformation in two months. And if you just think about the amount of manual paper process still involved in our lives, I mean, I can share, you know, I live in Philadelphia. Just to, you know, re- renew a parking permit, I have to, you know, go online, print an application, fill it out, mail it in, and then wait. And just the general printing, scanning, faxing, the cost. My husband just had a FedEx, a, a, a paper agreement uh, for overnight for an incredibly high cost, um, it's crazy. I, and The New York Times just had an article, a great article in fact about how COVID-19 testing and contact uh, tracing efforts are impeded because health departments and labs have to fax uh, results back and forth. And many times they're getting faxed to the wrong department or lab and it's making it incredibly difficult. So, uh, I think for me, um, the acceleration to digital and the elimination of paper um, is one that I'm incredibly bullish about. Uh, another would be, I think, travel as a whole. I'm a huge Elon Musk fan, so for again, for me, I think um, a shift to electric uh and electric cars in many ways is inevitable but i for me i I get more excited about the prospect of improving our transportation infrastructure uh living on the east coast you know we take a lot of trains and you know you think about the amount of time it takes just even to go from like dc to boston uh, or even in california san francisco to to la i think that there's a, a huge opportunity um, with technology, in particular like the Hyperloop technology, to take a, a train ride or a trip that could be, you know, six seven hours today, and and that's thirty minutes, right? Five years from now. So you think of, you know, the time and the productivity; those types of technology advancements could provide broadly. Um, I think that would be a game changer. Again, with a more of a macro impact. So that's an area I'm really excited about. And I think the third um, one would be the prospect, and again, um, I'm a huge fan of New Story, which is a nonprofit organization that's been pioneering this, but um, the prospect of 3D printing, um, also sometimes referred to as additive manufacturing or AM. Uh, I believe it's a revolutionary technology um, and it's showing, you know, especially companies like New Story, Tremendous progress for combating uh, homelessness and just the prospect of, you know, being able to streamline or make the construction of a home so much faster, so much cheaper, so much more accessible to such a large population. I mean, I live again living in Philly. Uh, you know, and even rural parts of the state, like just the the prospect that you could provide, you know, a home for someone um, in a matter of weeks for under $10,000 is huge. So I think the more, again, more infrastructure we get around this new technology, um, it will have a tremendous impact um, on the world.
0: Awesome. Right. Yeah, those three are um, definitely we are seeing a lot of um, um, interest and uh, news, like you mentioned, Elon Musk, of course, I'm also a huge fan. right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah he did a great job with NASA as well. Um, so, yeah, a lot of writing on these technologies and um, we'll, we'll make sure sh- I'm, I'm sure that, you know, it will make uh, our lives easier. At the end of the day. So, uh, what are the few areas, uh, uh, Leah, you see that uh, businesses will be changed permanently because of this pandemic? For example, the way we collaborate or the way we travel, person meetings. I mean, these are just top of my mind, Um, uh, which pandemic has completely changed. And uh, we are now pretty comfortable doing business. Uh, using the new collaboration tools, right? Uh, We don't have to travel and meet anyone. We are more using IOTs, um, right? Uh, Maybe we are more used to, like you mentioned, uh, digital signatures uh, and is not really going mad about, no, I need a physical paper in my hand to feel confident about it, right? Uh, So so like that, what are the few areas do you feel that will be permanently changed uh, in business?
1: Yeah, so there, this is, it's going to be a real interesting, I feel like we could have a conversation a year from now, and look back on it, it would be very interesting. I mean, I think for sure, we've, we've already seen um, a, a, you know, staggering impact to travel um, and, and the in-person meetings. Um, a solution engineering is a sales job um, and, you know, we work with account executives um, to support our, our customers and, and help them solve their, their business challenges um, with our solutions. And, you know, historically and kind of being in the role 15, 20 years, um, that's in person, right? It's, you, you are, it's relationship building um, where you, you meet with them, you interact with them, you learn more about um, their business and how you can help. Um, and there's everything that goes with that to, you know, breakfast meetings, Dinner meetings um, and, and so it's like this relationship, um, especially within tech and and you know traditional selling models, has been so reliant on on the in person um, meeting. And I think with the pandemic, we've realized that you can still effectively. Um, build those relationships and, and, and understand you know, you know, where a customer may need help or the challenges they're having um, in, a, in a remote way. I mean, I, so I do believe that there, you know, we will shift back to, to some degree of the in-person, but nowhere near at the level that we were pre-pandemic. So that has a tremendous impact on the travel industry. Um, and obviously, you know, from a virtual perspective, you just realize you can conduct so much more um online than than previously thought. So that that's one, that's probably an obvious one. Um, kind of staying the element of um you know you know, work. I think you know, the other thing that I've realized at DocuSign and with the broader team is that there's also been a shift um, of flex time, right? So I mean, what we've realized is a lot of us are at home, Um, many of us have kids, um, or we're caring for parents. And, um, you know, we're trying to carve out how we work. So you know, it's not as simple as like a nine to five or eight to five, you know, day anymore. It's like, I need to wake up, Um, and get work done from six to nine. And then from nine to 11, I'm with my kids. And then from 11 to four, I'm working again. And then so it's like, you have this more flexibility, and not all rules or jobs allow for this. But I think the ones that do, you started to see that you can be more creative and flexible with like how you go about getting your work done. Um, The other one that I've heard quite a bit about just recently is like, would we shift to a four-day work week? If this truly is a new normal and, you know, this is, you know, we're in this new environment, um, you know, uh, you know, for an extended period of time, meaning years, like do we look at shifting to a four-day work week? I know there are some companies and countries that have adopted this. So I think that would be another interesting um, area that possibly, you um, companies, um, could look at adopting as well. And then I think, you know, the other one that kind of stands out for me, especially living in a city, uh, living in Philadelphia is just, what is the, what is the impact going to be to cities? And, you know, a lot, you know, again, in the community I live in, a lot of the people in, on my block, in my neighborhood, um, Have lived in the city because their job was in the city and because they needed to be in an office every single day. And there's huge benefit to being able to walk out your door and walk to work um, versus having to sit in a car for an hour um, and commute in every day. There's always that cost benefit. And, you know, families all, you know, all around us make that decision of, is it, you know, easier to move out into the suburbs, and you know you get benefits from that. You know, cons could be oh, but I have to jump in a car and commute into a city. Um, so I think the impact of cities uh, in general, and obviously everything that goes with that—the commercial real estate, the taxes, the revenue generated from having companies in a city—it um, will be interesting to see. I mean, personally, I love the lifestyle of being in a city. Um, I love the hustle and bustle. Um, I love the diversity. I love just, you know, having things at your fingertips, but I do know other uh, people that live in cities that don't necessarily like living in a city, but they like the convenience of the access to their jobs. So you kind of take that out and then you wonder, you know, what is, what do our city, what does New York, Boston, Philly, San Francisco, what do these cities look like? Um, you know in in a few years you know people may not want to pay the high cost of living in a city if they can you know live in a a more rural area at a much lower cost
0: yep absolutely true um so let's now it's time for our quick fire round leah so i'll i'll be asking you three questions quickly whatever is top of your mind you've to answer that um So one business book that is your all-time favorite or you've gifted the most. So I'll, I'll,
1: I'll start by saying, um, I used to read a lot of business books. I don't anymore. Um, that'll be a longer conversation, but there is one, um, there's one tip in one book that I, like I, I hold with me. And the book is the presentation secrets of Steve job and the fundamental premise of that book is less is more. Um, So there's a sentiment that he shares with, you should be able to communicate or articulate in three bullets, six words per bullet, you know, what you are trying to, what your objectives are. And I found, especially within, you know, with executive communication um, those words just are always in the forefront of my mind. Um, You know, try to, you know, get very explicit about what you're trying to say. So that would be the book. Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs.
0: Oh, definitely, I'll pick that up then, next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So as an executive, if you had to recommend one productivity tool or application to your audience, uh, what would that be?
1: So um, it, it would actually be a pen and paper. Um, and, from, and again, this is my perspective. Because for me, um, the biggest productivity uh, app that I have is my to-do list. Um, So I I am maniacal about what I need to get done within the day, what I have to do, what I don't have to do. I've been using it for many years. It helps me time manage. Um, So I live and die by that. There is no other productivity tool or app um, that has had the same impact for me as good old pen and paper.
0: Okay, awesome. Yeah, so it is – Less is more is what is reflecting.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, uh, okay, if you could go back in time, one suggestion you have for your 18-year-old self?
1: Yeah, I think one suggestion um, you know, I feel like I maybe maybe I missed the memo on this, but I, I underestimated the importance of public speaking. Um, so I would tell myself to invest more in that. You know, being in business school, take public speaking classes. Um, I think practicing public speaking—it's a muscle like anything else. The more you do it, the better you become, and the more confidence you have.
0: Okay, fine. So uh, yeah, that's almost a uh, wrap now, and uh, thanks, Leah, for talking to me and uh, sharing your peace of mind. It was very encouraging session, both for men and women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right uh, You have a great day ahead. Stay safe and I'll catch you soon.
1: All right, thank you so much for having me. Take care.:
0: Thanks.